I invite you to turn in your scriptures to 2 Kings chapter 22, 2 Kings chapter 22. You'll find that on page 387 in your pew Bibles. We're going to pick up the reading at verse 1 and read the chapter 22, and then we'll carry over into chapter 23 and read the first three verses there as well. (coughs) The word of the Lord... As follows, Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jedidah, and the daughter, she was the daughter of Adiah of Boscath. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and walked in all the way of David his father. And he did not turn aside to the right or to the left. In the eighth year, 18th year of King Josiah, the king sent Shaphan, the son of Azaliah, son of Meshulam, the secretary, to the house of the Lord, saying, Go up to Hilkiah, the high priest, that he may count the money that has been brought into the house of the Lord, which the keepers of the threshold have collected from the people. And let it be given into the hand of the workmen who have the oversight of the house of the Lord. And let them give it to the workmen who are at the house of the Lord, repairing the house. That is, to the carpenters, and to the builders, and to the masons. And let them use it for buying timber and quarried stone to repair the house. But no accounting shall be asked from them for the money that is delivered into their hand, for they deal honestly. And Hilkiah, the high priest, said to Shaphan, the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan, and he read it. And Shaphan, the secretary, came to the king and reported to the king, Your servants have emptied out the money that was found in the house and have delivered it into the hand of the workmen who have the oversight of the house of the Lord. Then Shaphan, the secretary, told the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book, and Shaphan read it before the king. When the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes. And the king commanded Hilkiah the priest, and Ahikam the son of Shaphan, and Akbor the son of Micaiah, and Shaphan the secretary, and Asiah the king's servant, saying, Go, inquire of the Lord for me, and for the people, and for all Judah, Concerning the words of this book that has been found, for great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book to do according to all that is written concerning us. So Hekiah the priest and Ahikam and Akbor and Shaphan and Asiah went to Huldah the prophetess, the wife of Shalom, the son of Tikvah, son of Harhas, keeper of the wardrobe, Now, she lived in Jerusalem in the second quarter, and they talked with her. And she said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Tell the man who sent you to me, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will bring disaster upon this place and upon its inhabitants all the words of the book that the king of Judah has read. 
because they have forsaken me and have made offerings to other gods, that they might provoke me to anger with all the work of their hands. Therefore, my wrath will be kindled against this place, and it will not be quenched. But to the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord, thus shall you say to him, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, regarding the words that you have heard, because your heart was penitent and you humbled yourself before the Lord, when you heard how I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants, that they should become a desolation and a curse, and you have torn your clothes and wept before me, I also have heard you, declares the Lord. Therefore, behold, I will gather you to your fathers, and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace, and your eyes shall not see all the disaster that I will bring upon this place. And they brought back word to the king. And then the king sent, and all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem were gathered to him. And the king went up to the house of the Lord, and with him all the men of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And the priests and the prophets, all the people, both small and great, and he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant that had been found in the house of the Lord. And the king stood by the pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and all his soul to perform the words of this covenant that were written in this book. And all the people joined in the covenant throughout the rest of Chapter 23, we have more of what happens during the reign of Josiah. Allow me to just pick up verse 25, which also is related to what we will be looking at this afternoon. Verse 25, which is a description of King Josiah. Before him, there was no king like him who turned to the Lord with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might. According to all the law of Moses, nor did anything, any like him, arise after him. May God add a blessing to the reading of his holy word. <clears throat> Beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, a child brings about a reformation. Can you imagine that kind of a headline? In the news today, I can just see the Associated Press wiring the Jerusalem Gazette at that time about what has been taking place. Fast forward to the time of Jesus Christ and we might have there headlines that would say a, a baby saves the world. Imagine what the weekly Nazareth Age Dispatch would have on its front page with news like that. This is what we are looking at as we see what God has done through his people in bringing about a reformation to the communities in which his people live, to the world around them. And particularly as we see this being done in a global way, through his son, Jesus Christ, as he changed the world through his death on the cross, through his ministry on earth, his birth and ministry and death on the cross and his ascension into heaven, which we will remember this coming Thursday. 
Today's headlines pale in significance to something like that. We read about wars that are going on around our world today, strifes and struggles that continue on. We read more perhaps locally about 108 candidates vying to become the mayor of Toronto. Can you imagine that? I don't know how that election is going to go. We read about all kinds of different things, but nothing is as crucial and as important as the news of the gospel of Jesus Christ going out, bringing about a reformation in our land. The gospel of Jesus Christ going out, bringing about salvation around our world through Jesus Christ. King Josiah lived at such a time. Josiah was quite a mover and shaker at his time. We read about this in our passage that we just read now, and especially in chapter 22, but also 23. Josiah is mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 1. That's how important he has been. As a matter of fact, Josiah was prophesied 300 years earlier where we read in 1 Kings chapter 13, verse 2, this, a man of God, the man of God, cried out against the altar by the word of the Lord. O altar, altar, this is what the Lord says. A son named Josiah will be born to the house of David. On you he will sacrifice the priests of the high places who now make offerings here, and human bones will be burned on you. We see this taking place about Josiah and are reminded that not only here in these two chapters, but comparable chapters in Second Chronicles chapter 34 and 35. He's a contemporary of Jeremiah who mentions him by name in his prophecy 16 different times. He's mentioned in Zephaniah, mentioned in Zechariah, surely Josiah was one who was used by God to make a difference in the world in which he lived and the impact that that was to have from that time forward after that. We look at this and then we are reminded that indeed God uses his people to be mission agents for the reformation of our world Today, We want to look at three things, three parts of that. We want to see what happened in the time of Josiah. And we also want to look at what happened at the time of Jesus Christ and what happens in our own lives today. And we're going to tie all those things together, not one by one, but tying them in to each one of these events that take place. Let's look first of all at the Reformation under Josiah. In order to understand what happened under Josiah's time, we have to look at the context a little bit. Josiah's great-grandfather was Hezekiah, another great reformer in the land of Israel during a time when Israel had wandered off to follow other gods. Great-grandpa Hezekiah brought about a reform in his land. But Josiah's grandfather, Hezekiah's son, Manasseh, 
undid everything that his father had done in the Reformation that was to take place. Listen to what we read about Manasseh, Josiah's grandfather. He sacrificed his own son in the fire. He practiced sorcery and divination and consulted the mediums and spiritists. He did much evil in the eyes of the Lord, provoking him to anger. Moreover, Manasseh also shed so much innocent blood that he filled Jerusalem from end to end. Besides the sin (coughs) that he had caused Judah to commit so that they did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And there wasn't much of a reprieve after Manasseh's terrible, godless reign because Manasseh's son, Josiah's father, Ammon, reigned only for two years and was assassinated. So what Josiah was coming into as king was what his grandfather, the legacy that his grandfather had left behind, a desecration of what was happening in the world at that time. Now contrast that to what we read about a description of Josiah. His credentials in 2 Kings 22 verse 2 Yes, in 2 Kings 22, verse 2, we read, And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, and he walked in all the ways of David his father, and he did not turn aside to the right or to the left. In 2 Kings 23, verse 5, we read that neither before Josiah was there a king like him who turned after the Lord as he did with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his might, in accordance with all the law of Moses. Curious. The description that is made of Josiah here, with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his might, in accordance with the law, that reminds us of Jesus Christ, who summarizes the law in these same words. Josiah brings to us a shadow of what is to come in the person of Jesus Christ, This law, this book of the law that was found at the time of Josiah was one that the people had at that time. That's the only thing that they had with the five books of Moses. But this law was one that Jesus Christ himself came to not get rid of when he came, but to fulfill. Who could fulfill the law of God? Nobody. Today either. But Jesus does. Jesus did fulfill that law. So we see a direct connection between the event here of this boy king, Josiah, and Jesus Christ, who was to come. This is all taking place at the end of the reign of Judah, the kingdom of Judah. The kingdom ends in the time of the generation of Josiah. His son Jehoiakim follows him for 11 years. When Babylon takes him captive, then his grandson, Jehoiakim's son Jehoiakim, reigns only for three months and is also taken taken off into captivity. Then Josiah's second son, Zedekiah, becomes king and 
And he is carried away into captivity as well. So we have this all happening in the generation of Josiah and his children and one of his grandchildren. The last of the kings. The boy king. Boys and girls, did you read or hear carefully what was read about how old Josiah was when he became king? He was eight years old. Boys and girls, will you imagine with me what it would be like to be a queen or to be a king at eight years old? Josiah, with his advisors around him in the first years, no doubt, but Josiah was appointed by God to lead his people at eight years old. What does that tell us? It tells us that we don't need to graduate from high school before we can begin to make a difference in the world around us or graduate with a degree from the university or post-university with a post-grad degree and then we can begin to make a difference or, or wait until we have some life experience as we're 40 and 50 years old or wait until we're 70 years old and are able to make a difference. God uses his people as mission agents for reformation to make a difference in the world in which God has placed you today. You need not wait until you are older and have more experience and feel more comfortable about things. Because the work that God has given to us doesn't depend on our own inabilities that we feel. Or abilities depends on the work of God's Holy Spirit through us. He uses his people just as we are and right where we are. We learn this about Josiah. He begins by restoring the temple. And as they are doing some cleaning up around the temple area, the book of the law is found. Now this is an important occasion for them because as they read through the book of the law, they begin to realize that they have not been following what the book of the law commands of God's people at that time. Great sorrow took place. We read that Josiah tears his clothes. That was a symbol of repentance, a symbol of sorrow, a symbol of coming before God and saying, Lord God, we have sinned. And we have gone far away from what your law commands of us in our lives. Hold of the prophetess informs Josiah that what has come of the nation at this time, it's too late. Punishment needs to be meted out by God. In his grace, he says, she says, to Josiah that this will not happen in his lifetime. He is able to live a life that will bring some changes in God's people, though that desecration is to come. That's the coming of the Babylonians to take away the nation, not during Josiah's lifetime, but through his kids and his grandkids' lifetime. Now, Josiah could have 
heard these words and said to himself, well, if destruction is coming anyways, why bother to make any changes? God's just going to, the Babylonians are just going to come and destroy everything anyways. How do we respond when we see impending doom? Do we fold our arms and just simply say, hey, you know what? This is powerful stuff that's happening in our world today. Don't think that we can do anything about it. We'll just watch it happen. But Josiah, faithful as he was, rather than giving up, said in these, perhaps these words, let's reform the land for the sake and the honor and the glory of our God. Our God deserves to be served. We are called upon to serve him. Even if our service doesn't bring about the salvation that we had hoped for, God is working through us in the midst of everything that takes place in our lives. And so we read throughout chapter 23, which we didn't read together, but that he got rid of idolatry and he got rid of sun worship. He tore down the altars that were built by his grandfather Manasseh. He did all of this in Jerusalem, we read, but he also carried this out outside of the walls of Jerusalem and throughout the, the province, throughout the kingdom of Judah, and also beyond, even outside of Judah, we read in 2 Kings chapter 23. In Jerusalem, in the surrounding area, and to the nations, Josiah brought reform. That reminds us of the book of Acts with the expansion of the church of Jesus Christ. We have a shadow of the church of Jesus Christ going forward. Listen to what we read in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Joshua was already beginning to play this out. This is how God's Holy Spirit goes about his work of mission, his work of reformation in our world today. When we think this through, then we begin to understand the impact of the work that God calls us to. Now, when we look at this, as far as the results are, we recognize and quickly begin to learn that the reformation that Josiah brings about in a generation just to follow that comes all apart. And you begin to ask yourself, why? Why does this, this is not the first time this takes place during the time of Nehemiah. Nehemiah brings about a reform. And after Nehemiah leaves and goes back to Persia, everything goes back to the way it was before. The reformation that needs to take place, people of God, didn't have the effect of turning the hearts of God's people. That was not because of Josiah. It was because of the stubborn hearts of God's people. External things were happening. And it was a wonderful thing to see what Josiah was doing in the hopes of that this would then come into the hearts of his people. But you see, there's a difference. There's a difference between doing all of the right things, 
even though your heart is not really into it. There's a difference between doing all of the right things and being the right person in the work of God's Holy Spirit. God's call for us is a call for a change of heart. And the change of heart is what brings about a change in that which goes on in the world around us. Only one person was able to change the hearts of the people. And that came 600 years later in the person of Jesus Christ. So let's look at the reformation that was to take place under Jesus Christ now. At the time that Jesus Christ came, there was a lot of chaos politically. The Jewish people were in dispersion. They were all over the place. Some were in Egypt. Some were in Jerusalem. Some were in different parts of the Roman Empire at that time, but they were dispersed. There was no unity. There was no sense of this is who we are as a people because they were scattered among the nations at that time. The people had all but forgotten about the promises of the coming of Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, we've heard that before, right? Is Jesus really going to come? It's been over 600 years since we've been carried into captivity, and he's still not here. So when Jesus did come, they didn't even recognize him when he came. Not even his disciples really understood who he was and what he was all about. God's people were going through a very difficult, low period when Jesus Christ came. Will you note that as we go through the times when the promises of God come to his people, oftentimes throughout the scriptures, they come precisely at a time when things are very, very difficult for God's people. And that is when Jesus Christ Comes God comes through his son Jesus Christ to bring a word of hope by way of his Holy Spirit. In times when we think that everything has gone completely backwards, take a look at our world today. And look at all the, the atrocities that are happening in our world today. The book of the law had been ignored in the time of Josiah. If we look around in Canada today, I don't know that the book of the law is being remembered in our governmental circles, in the governing of our society, when there are atrocities of 100,000 and more babies being slaughtered every year in the womb, when life is denigrated to the point of, well, if you're not doing well, we might as well just snuff your life out. Because life is, has no value at all, really, unless you're able to contribute something to society, really? When we look at all of the different things that are going on in, in the whole area of our sexuality and our society today, you wonder. The book of the law has been lost amongst those who are making decision, decisions today. We are the ones who are to call to account. We are the agents of reformation to talk to people about what's happening. Open our eyes 
as we saw happening, see happening here as well. In the Old Testament, the law was there. And the law was being followed as it could be by God's people. Jesus Christ came to fulfill that law and brings with it a message of the grace that he provides when he went to the cross. We sung about just before the message. The glorious promise that Christ brings to us. We are called upon to live the law indeed, but we are unable to do so. The only way that we are able to live out the law is through the person of Jesus Christ who is perfectly able to fulfill every aspect of the law, to fulfill the demands of the law that God has placed on his people that we are not able to fulfill. Josiah was not able to fulfill. The people of Israel were not able to fulfill. But Jesus Christ is able to fulfill. And we need to be reminded of that in our day today. We are called upon to be reminded of what that law is in our lives and to live by that in as much as we are able to through the work of Jesus Christ in our lives. And we need to be reminded of that. Josiah was a mover and a shaker at his time, but Jesus was more of a mover and a shaker than anyone would ever be. When he came, born, born to die, kind of a strange concept, born with a mission to die for us on the cross. Oh, even in his time, as I suggested already, the results of Jesus Christ coming were a bit confusing. The followers of Jesus Christ were having a difficult time sorting it out. Those who were gathered around at that time didn't understand what Jesus was talking about when he said that he was going to destroy the temple in three days and, and rebuild it, that the temple was going to be destroyed, rather, and, it was, and he was going to have it rebuilt. And that was a reference to what he was going to be doing and going to the cross and three days later being raised again on that third day. And 40 days from there to be ascended into heaven to reign over all in our world today. What a joyous gospel that we have. This is the call back to God that God is calling us as a church. To be the agents of that mission call in our world today. We are living in a slumbering, sleeping society today. And our call is to shout out, wake up, wake up, as Isaiah would say then too, wake up, wake up, O Zion. Awake from your slumber. Do you have moments and times in your life when you are slumbering? Oh, I'm not talking about this precious six or eight hours that you might sleep at night. That's a good slumber. I'm talking about the spiritual slumber that God's people were going through at the time of Josiah. That God's people were going through at the time when Jesus Christ came. And the slumber that is going on in our world today. We are called 
to be mission agents for reformation in our lives today. There have been times of reformation that have gone on throughout the ages, throughout the scriptures, but also through our church history. Our Pastor Valinga mentioned the importance of our church history in the times of, of reformation, that we need to be learning from some of those lessons as well as we looked at that this morning already. In the mission of the Church of Jesus Christ in different parts of our world, reformation is taking place in different countries. In the ministry that God has called me to in Latin America, we see direct correlation to what's happening in the church, the Roman Catholic Church of that period, of the medieval period that is still alive and well in Latin America, and the mission that needs to take place from that. Even beyond the Roman Catholic Church and into much, much of the evangelical church throughout Latin America, this is taking place. The gospel of prosperity that goes on throughout Latin America, throughout Africa, is also taking place here. That's a reminder of the indulgences. They are teaching that if you give, the more you give, the more you will be blessed. Really? Does that not sound like the theme of Martin Luther's 95 theses on the indulgences of the church, among other themes that he posted as well? The apostolic ministry that goes on in Many of the so-called Christian churches today where you have congregational members, then you have elders, and then you have pastors, and you have a hierarchy that goes from the pastors to the bishops, from the bishops to the apostolate, from the apostles to cherubim, in some cases, believe it or not. That hierarchy what was what exactly was happening during the time of the Reformation where Luther and Calvin and, and other reformers were trying to tear down the semblance of that hierarchy to be reminded that we as God's people with the priesthood of all believers are a part of that. We see that furthermore throughout our world today when there are those who will from the public radio and television circles and books that are being written will claim that they have a word from the Lord that is not even found in the scriptures. I have spoken to some of those prophets during the years of my ministry and challenged them to that as I walked through different areas of Latin America and confronted some of this. And they will say to me, well, you bring the word from the scriptures, but we have a word from the Holy Spirit that's not even found in the scriptures. Really? That's an abomination to what God has instituted as his word that is closed. No new revelations. Oh, we discover new things every day from the scriptures. But God's word is God's word to us. We are living some of the same things today as what were happening in the time of Josiah. We are living some of the same things today as what was happening at the time of Jesus Christ. We are living some of the same things today as what was happening during the time of the Reformation. It's a wake-up call. A wake-up call to the church of Jesus Christ. A wake-up call to drag us out of the slumber that God has put us into in the world around us. Where is your heart? Are you about to try to do things to make it look good that you are doing things, or is it really your heart that is being touched by God's Holy Spirit? Do you struggle with the same things that, that God's people did in Josiah's times where they did all kinds of external kinds of things, but their heart was not touched? 
Or are you indeed touched by God's Holy Spirit as we read about that in Ezekiel chapter 36? Picking up at verse 24 where we have the promise that God gives to his people. I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses and from all your idols I will cleanse you. I will give you a new heart. Have you experienced that new heart today? And a new spirit will I put within you. And I will remove that heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. The church of Jesus Christ, of which you and I profess to be members, has a call to be God's mission agent for reformation beginning right where you are. Whether you are 8 years old or 40 years old or 90 years old, God's call to us is to listen to the voice of God's Holy Spirit and ask him, you have put me in a context. I have a circle of influence around me. How can I be used by you, God, to make a difference To call this world back to you as you have done throughout the scriptures in the time of Josiah, of Jesus, and as he calls us to do that today too. Amen. Let's pray. Father, it's overwhelming for us to think about the fact that we indeed have been called by you as a church of Jesus Christ to be your mission agents for reformation. As you called the boy king, Josiah, and others that we know of through the scriptures as well to be agents of reformation and change, calling the hearts of the people back to you. As your son, Jesus Christ, did this perfectly through his work on the cross. We pray, Father, that you would help us that you grant us your Holy Spirit. Show us. Show us where we perhaps have done the external thing of doing all of the right things on the outside, but show us where our heart needs to be touched and changed. As we read about in Ezekiel, change our heart of stone to a heart of flesh that can be molded to follow you and to make a difference in the lives of others around us too. Help us, Father, to learn and to know how we can indeed be agents for change so that those with whom we come into contact may be touched through us by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.